0: Good morning, pet appreciators. Good morning, Twin Cities, and welcome to the Pet Connection Show here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. My name is Kathy Menard, your host here and the owner of the Urban Dog, and our wonderful co-host is with us uh, live this morning, too, Dr. Nicole Perrault, calling from probably Wisconsin. Your home, Maybe.
1: Yes. Yep. I'm at home. <laughs> all right.
0: <laughs> good to hear you. Good. Uh, good to have you back on the show, Doctor Nicole. We did take a few weeks off there, Pet Appreciators, on both Doctor Nicole and I, uh, just due to regular busyness and then, of course, the Memorial Weekend holiday. But I sure hope that you have all been doing well. Um, but uh, I always so want to remind you too that, you know, especially when when Doctor Nicole is on, we love to to be able to address any questions that you might have, um, health wise or behavior wise or whatever, and and I want you to always feel comfortable calling in 952-946-6205. And I probably said that too fast. 952-946-6205. But I hope that your your uh, end of spring, beginning of summer is going well. You know, I thought uh, yesterday in particular, um, what a nice day it would have been if I had the time to take the pups over to the um, walking paths at the Arboretum. Um, but if you're looking for something to do today, that might be uh, a suggestion, you know, something fun to do. I think there's a small fee, but, um, but my gosh, uh, the outdoors is uh, the Twin Cities, and all over Minnesota is our playground to explore with our animals. They can show us things um, and alert us to things that we wouldn't maybe normally notice just because of their sense of smell. Their hearing, their eyesight is so much better than ours. Um, so sometimes a, a nice walk is a peaceful, peaceful companionship with our pups, and sometimes... Um, it's a journey exploring new things and, and me learning new things as well and just watching them, you know, watching their little minds think as they smell new things and explore new places and and just watch their beha- behavior in new spaces. I, I just happen to enjoy that. So I hope that you find things with your pups that you enjoy as well. But anyways, uh, Dr. Nicole... Um, Good to have you back. You know, I'm hoping that we can go over a few reminders here right off the bat. You know, I'm just thinking with with the nice weather, I bet people were just dying to get up to their lake cabins or or head up to Brainerd and, you know, participate in some of the activities up there or all, all over the state or Wisconsin or wherever they're going. But I thought we could... Um, just have a a real brief reminder here, you know, just a a quick refresher on if you are going to be around water and your dogs, just a few tips to keep in mind, um, Dr. Nicole, for for our listeners.
1: Well, I think, you know, one of the most important things is um, making sure that, you know, that you have a dog that actually enjoys being out in that setting. Um, You know, making sure that it's not too hot out there. Um, Honestly, it sounds silly, but, um, I found this out the hard way a couple weeks ago, a life jacket, like for your older dogs. Like um one of my older dogs struggled significantly. I had to run out into the river and grab her. So, you know, I feel like um just being prepared with everything, make sure you're watching them. Um, you know, there's boaters and a lot of people around. So I think just trying to be as cautious as possible. Um, and 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 sometimes, you know some of these some of these dogs, they may not behave very well in the boat, so um, you have to worry about, you know, are they going to fall off or is the boat going to hit a bump and the dog's going to go into the water? So um, sometimes I recommend just leaving them home if you're going to be boating. Um, So those are just my little, I guess, easy little tidbits that I had at the top of my head.
0: Well, you know something that you said um, reminded me of something, and uh, and you may have a dog like Dr. Nicole's dogs that love the water. They're around the water a lot. Um, there's, you know, different relatives and Nicole's parents I know that live on the water and. Not on the water, but next to the water, beachfront property or whatever. And 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 her dogs are, are used to being in the water and they love it. And especially uh, Bonnie, I think would, could could live. She could be a fish if she wanted to, but um, if she could, yeah,
1: she's the one who almost drowned.
0: <laughs> well, and it it, it it occurred to me, you know, we we talk about that, and you know, aging happens to us all. But as we know, as humans too, and with our dogs and cats, it can be subtle changes. Were something that, you know, we just sort of take for granted because, oh, they love the water. They're always in the water year after year after year after year. And then suddenly this one year, like with Bonnie, your dog, you know, yep. there's probably a few subtle changes that happened. So just kind of, I would, you know, I would say too, especially in, in, well, Dr. Nicole could speak to it better than me. But just instead of just jumping right in to your activities, whatever they may be, um, by the water, or in the water, remember that your dog has aged and there might be something that's not quite as strong as there was before that might not be as noticeable. So so I think maybe testing the waters would be a good um, phrase um, in more ways than one. But uh, but what was that like? I mean, my God, I, I would have been totally scared. Well, I
1: was in the middle of my day. We can barely hear you now. We can barely hear you now. Oh, oh very strange let me try something else this is perfect
0: (laughs) right now it's perfect
1: yep okay um it was um, crazy because I had it was my day off and I was enjoying you know taking the dogs down to one of the landings and nobody was there so that was just perfect and you know Bonnie went out into the water and she's you know very very stiff and so but in the water she looked a little otter she was so fast just zipping around and it was just really fun to watch and then I happened to be videoing her swimming because it was just so cute and then as I'm videoing I see her head go under the water and of course I like panicked and like ran out there and grabbed her um, but I don't know if she got tangled in something or, or what ended up happening. But, um, of course then, you know, every other time I was like uber diligent watching her, um, you know, and in that moment of grabbing her, it was just so ridiculous because I threw my back out. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh. So been,
1: I know it's been like a week and a half of like, you know, trying to take some time for myself and enjoying it and then paying for it. You know? <laughs> so, but, but no, next time we go, she's getting a life jacket and, um, And I definitely don't know that I'll take two senior dogs by myself ever again because Millie doesn't really care too much about the water. She likes to scavenge in the woods and stuff, so I had to watch her and watch Bonnie, and it was kind of not relaxing. So (laughs) next time I'm going to do that differently.
0: (laughs) Are there certain tips um, that people should keep in mind when buying a life vest? Because, you know, a lot of people buy harnesses, which kind of fit similar to life, life jackets. But oftentimes, I don't have them fit just right. You know, and they, they slip right off. So it's like, what's the point?
1: Um, or Right, and that's such a good question, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: So if you have any thoughts on that.
1: Well, no, I was going to say that's a good question because that's exactly what I'm going through in my mind right now. And I was actually going to talk to some people. I think the life vests that probably work the best are going to be those life vests that a lot of the hunting dogs use. Um, so I think I would probably maybe look along those lines um, but I'm brand new to this too I've never had to buy a life jacket for my dog but I certainly don't ever want what happened last week or a week and a half ago to happen again so um, I'll be out there looking too so if I find any good tips I can certainly let you know
0: <laughs> exactly and you know pet appreciate is one thing that Dr. Nicole said that stuck out in my mind when I was listening to her because she she was videoing it how fun but then panic was like within the next second when she saw Bonnie's head go into the water. And you mentioned, um, Dr. Nicole, you weren't sure if she got tangled up in something. And no matter how good of a swimmer she is, like if this could have happened five or six years ago when she was at her prime and her peak and she's swimming all over the place, you know, she still could have gotten tangled up in something. And still could have drowned. You know what I mean, so
1: right.
0: you know yep. here, here we are the the cautious you know pet people here at Pet Connections, but keep that in <laughs> mind too. Uh, we're not asking you to be paranoid like sometimes we are, but um, <laughs> just uh, <laughs> you know, um, you know it's not a bad idea. It is not a bad idea. You know it, it, you know once they get, even if they resist kind of getting the the life jacket on, I'm sure they'll be just fine because there is the unknown. You know lakes are not crystal clear. Um, and you cannot always see what's what's underneath, you know, the water where they are. So, yeah, so that's that. But I know in past, um, um, Dr. Nicole, you have said, like hosing them down, um, spraying them, with, giving them a, a bath and just some soft soap or something. I, I don't quite remember uh, if you could just go over that in the next couple minutes.
1: Oh, sure. Well, I think. Anytime they've come out of water, I do think it's a good idea to to hose them down. And whether or not you're using just warm water or you know, if you have like a dog shampoo, just a gentle shampoo, I think that's a good idea. Um, you know, I didn't have a hose to do that this time, so I was kind of paranoid about that, but they were fine. But I, I do think, um, especially when we're getting into the you know, the fall months. Um, when we're worrying about things like blue, green algae and things like that, I wouldn't even risk it, honestly, um, just because that can be so deadly. So I think right now things are probably okay. Um, but as we move into fall, I I just, I'm so paranoid about that. So I would think even if you, you know, in hindsight, I probably could have taken like a, a bucket of warm water and just like wash their feet or, you know, like kind of, braid that on them a little bit somehow, um, but they did great. And we were in a, a very, you know, clean looking river, but still, I mean, there can be things that you don't know that are there. So um, yeah, I definitely think it's a good idea if you can to, to wash them off after they've come out of the water.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good idea as well. And, um, and, and any, we only have about a minute left, but if they do ingest any of the water, is there anything to be concerned about? Again, we're not at the blue-green algae situation yet um, on the lakes, but is there anything that they should be owners should be concerned about at all, or look for signs of sickness or anything, or is it just kind of happen in say La V and some tummies handle it better than others?
1: Yeah, I think that's probably the way I would look at it. Is that you know, some animals can handle it. Things that we worry about in water would be things like leptospirosis. That's usually going to be in swampy kind of standing water, um, and that's transmitted in wild animal urine. And so if dogs get that, people can get it too, and it causes fatal and fatal liver and kidney failure. So that's something to be careful of. But then, of course, like giardia, you know, just from drinking from a water source that might be contaminated. Um, so watching for signs of diarrhea and things like that, I think is a good idea.
0: Yeah, yeah, problems that you don't necessarily want to come home to after relaxing Uh, weekend up north or week up north or whatever. We are going into a commercial break, Pet Appreciators. Please um, stay with us, and again, always feel free to call in with any questions or comments at 952-946-6205.
1: Hello, friends. I've been talking to you about Prairie Oaks Memorial Eco Gardens, Minnesota's first green cemetery dedicated to celebrating life and protecting our environment. One of the many wonderful things they have is something called the Living Urn. Ashes are buried in an urn with seedlings, ultimately coming back to life as a glorious tree. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Why don't you log on to the website, mngreengraves.com? Learn more about Prairie Oaks Memorial Eco Gardens. See if it might be something that's meaningful for you.
2: This is Gregory Rich, founder of Habitation Furnishing and Design, and host of Drink in the Style every Sunday at 5 p.m. You know, on the radio program, I often say that life is the big stuff, but living is in the details. The furniture in your home may be details, but that's where you do the living. So why not speak to one of Habitation's design professionals about making your space the best it can be? Habitation, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. Stand up, stand up, you've been sitting ready too long. Hello, this is Ralph Nader, host of the Ralph Nader Radio Hour. Join me
3: and my guests every week when we dive deeply into the subjects that matter to you the most, but are rarely on the mass media. Every Monday at 6 a.m., and if you're not an early bird, 9 p.m. on Monday, right here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota.
4: Supporting the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities has never been easier. You'll find an expansive list of local dining options at eatlocalminnesota.com, from classic American comfort food to authentic flavors from around the world. Cafe Latte offers made-from-scratch soups, salads, sandwiches, and mouth-watering desserts. Stop in the wine bar and enjoy a unique pizza loaded with fresh vegetables and perfectly roasted meats. Over 30 wines by the glass, Cafe Latte highlights Washington State wines and is the perfect destination for date night or an evening with friends. 850 Grand Avenue, St. Paul. Victor's 1959 Cafe has been serving South Minneapolis traditional Cuban food for over 15 years. Victor's is open for breakfast and lunch daily and now accepts dinner reservations, too. Stop in and try the Pollo Tropicale or the Sandwich Cubano, which was featured on Food Network. More at EatLocalMinnesota.com.
0: for staying with us pet appreciators and if you're just joining us you're listening to the pet connection show here on am 950 the progressive voice of minnesota kathy menard here your host along with dr nicole Peralt, your other host um i'm here at the at the station here at at am 950 and nicole is calling in from her home in wisconsin here um surrounded by uh, again it sounds like a lot of um cats um, part of your rescue. I know that some of them are. But, you know, I, I, I always like to get an update because I know we don't always have a chance to, to talk, you know, during the week or the couple of weeks that, that we're not on the show here. But um, before we get into some, uh, what I've learned are some interesting cases um, in your rescue group that, that you guys have taken on. Um, I also wanted to know, gosh, you know, th- I'm sure most of us will never, ever, ever be in this situation. But when there is like a terrible crash, like a terrible um, car crash, you know, um, uh, that kind of thing and a a pet is involved. Or like I was reading just very, very briefly this morning, unfortunately, there was a small plane crash. I think it was in New York. And I, I don't think either of the two people survived, but their dog did. And, you know, I, I read about another one of, uh, a month or so ago where the dog survived and, and the, the pilot of the small plane did not. Now, there's got to be all kinds of trauma with that. You know, there's there's got to be exposure to, to toxins with, with the fuel, you know, obviously possible fire, um, just trauma of being of just hitting the ground and where your body's going to be bouncing about inside the cabin of the plane or, or maybe on, on the ground. Um, um, and just the trauma of, you know, not being able to kind of figure out what, what in the world just happened and that the person that you rely on, your human person, you know, your human, is clearly not able to help and the fear that that must instill, you know, in a dog. And so... You know, I'm just wondering, and I know you don't deal with this, you know, you're not an emergency vet or whatever, you know, in the ER all the time, but do you ever come across traumatic situations like that or do you have, you know, tips for if people do come across that and, and what's what are some of the first sort of things that you should notice if, if a dog or a cat has been in some sort of traumatic accident? Do you check their dilation of their eyes do you I mean obviously check see if they can walk and if not then you carry them to safety or I mean what are some of the things that you you know what I mean like if you're in a first aid class for humans they give you a you know check for shock I've spent a long time since I've taken a class but you know just those types of things are you responding you know that kind of stuff to to that so what are your thoughts on that I don't expect a a really detailed answer because I know you're not a trauma ER vet, you know, but I'm just kind of wondering what your thoughts are on that.
1: Well, I think, you know, the most important thing that I always say is the injuries that we can see on the outside are usually not the ones that we're initially concerned with. Um, Certainly, yes, you know, if there's broken bones and Um, significant wounds and and things like that, yes, you know, we're concerned about that. But your your primary concern is going to be, you know, what's happening inside? How are the lungs, you know, has there been um, a perforation in the lung? How, you know, is something bleeding in the abdomen? What is, you know, how are, what is brain function like? Things like that. So, um, anytime that we get a trauma in, um, most often, they're going to be animals that were hit by a car. Um, that's uh, the main one that we see. Um, you know, We're certainly going to try to get them stabilized, You know, placing an IV catheter and getting them on fluids, pain control, things like that, and then certainly taking, at least for me, I prefer that we just take kind of x-rays of everything, so x-rays of their chest, x-rays of their abdomen, um, all the bones, just to kind of see kind of full body scan, just to see You know, what's going on here? And then you kind of treat the most critical thing first. So, you know, if there's a broken leg, you know, we might wrap that up just so that it's supported um, and it's covered. And then, you know, you go to work. Okay, what else is wrong? Um, Sometimes also if there is a broken leg but the animal maybe isn't stable, you have to ignore the broken leg. You know, you have to try to stabilize the animal and try to keep them alive um, so that they can eventually recover And, you know, then we talk about potentially fixing the leg. So it's always going to be the things that you can't see are most important than the ones that you can.
0: Interesting, yeah. And then if there is any sort of a burn, you know, um, a clear that there was a burn anywhere, is there... Oh, uh, um, I'm just kind of wondering how do you treat that? You know what I mean? Like if you have to transport the dog... What what would be the best way, obviously, just not touching that area?
1: Yeah, I think the best way to transport any animal that you've found at a site of a trauma, you know, I always think is to throw a blanket on them and carry them that way. Um, I think that, or or if you can get them on a blanket and have two people carry it, kind of like you're, you know, almost like a little, like... Um, oh, what am I trying to say? Like a little, anyway, I can't think of the word. Yeah, but it's kind of like a, a <laughs> um, but, hammock
0: hammock with no poles. Yes, and you. Are, yes.
1: Yeah. A gurney, yeah, like a yes. little gurney. You're trying to gurney the animal. And I think that also helps prevent any bites and things like that too because when these animals are hurt, their first reaction is, you know, they're in pain, they're going to bite. And so I think if you wrap them up in a blanket or a towel or you put that over them, it's going to lessen the chance that, they're going to be bit. I think they're going to be less afraid if they can't see. Um, that's my biggest thing with animals. I think they, they like to have their eyes covered. Um, you can't blame them, animals. Um, and then just killing them to safety into a vehicle and then getting them to a veterinarian as quick as possible.
4: And are there
0: certain signs, and I don't know if they go over this in vet school or, or, you know, continuing education courses and that kind of thing, but how to just recognize trauma. You know, I mean, I'm sure dogs in regular rescues, you know, they'll talk about trauma, you know, breakup of a family or maybe they were abused or, you know, whatever, whatever. And so a lot of trainers and people who work with dogs will keep an eye on, you know, just how to work with them, you know, keeping in mind that they could have very well come from a traumatic situation of abuse or neglect or something. But this is a little different. You know, this is so, sort of a totally unexpected, out of the blue, complete change of action. You know what I mean? Um, and and do dogs show signs of that either in the beginning or maybe later in life or sort of odd behaviors or odd fears?
1: You mean like as an emotional trauma? Yeah, yeah,
0: that's what I mean. Yeah, or and... and, okay. and Emotional and also just sort of cognitively, like you know, suddenly their world just didn't go the way that it normally does, and so they're confused about their order and 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 patterns and you know just normalness normalnessy. That's not a word. Yeah, I but, mean, I think yeah,
1: that, <laughs> normalcy. Yeah, I think definitely, um, absolutely. I feel like animals can almost have like a post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, I, I totally believe that. Um, I think, you know, this is kind of an example, but you know, an animal that, you know, maybe just completely fine sounds don't scare them. Nothing scares them. And all of a sudden something bad happens one day, whether or not it's a, you know, a car that backfires next door or for what or something falls and breaks. And then that animal is just terrified of sound from that moment forward. I mean, I think, that's kind of an example of what you're kind of describing. And I, I think that that happens very commonly unfortunately. Um, just like people, you know, it's like a PTSD type of situation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, you know, maybe one, one day I'll, I'll see if I can put, um, you know, sort of address that. Uh, Cause I, I wonder about that, you know, that's especially these dogs that I read about recently in the one again today of surviving an airplane crash, you know, and like, How does that change the world? But, anyways, commercial break, pet appreciators, please stay with us.
5: Hi, I'm Peter Solak
3: and I'm Adam Ostrowski.
5: We are here at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces to talk about outdoor fires. Sitting around a fire is the oldest most basic form of human activity.
3: What's new is in the way fire is burned. We can show you how to burn cleaner with a lot less smoke. The radiant
5: heat and light from an open fire is unmatched. It kindles our spirits and connects us to the outdoors and now it's easier to experience and enjoy.
3: Woodland stoves and fireplaces sells and installs wood and gas burning fire pits and fireplaces. Let us help you experience an outdoor fire without all the smoke.
5: Come see the many ways you can enjoy a fire outdoors.
4: Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces has over 35 working wood and gas units on display at the corner of East Franklin and Riverside Avenue in Minneapolis. More information at woodlandstoves.com. Find the fire that works for you. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, out of the ordinary products and services since 1977. Crooners Lounge and Supper Club is delighted to offer its spacious facilities for your private function. From weddings, retirement parties, business dinners, or any special occasion, Crooners combines a dedicated full-service special events team, an award-winning chef, and a beautiful lakeside ambiance to make your event a resounding success. Visit croonersloungemn.com to learn more about their private dining options or call 763-571-9020 to get a quote for your next event today.
5: Tom Hartman here letting you know how you can go solar with All Energy Solar even way up north in Minnesota. Lots of people ask them, isn't Minnesota too cloudy for solar? No. The truth, for one thing, Minneapolis gets nearly as much sun each year as Houston, Texas. But it isn't just about how much sun you get. It's also about having access to great local incentive programs that make solar affordable. Learn what your options are to save with solar and visit allenergysolar.com today. Hi, Matt McNeil for Rudy Luther Toyota. My first Toyota and the vehicle which made me fall in love with Toyotas was the RAV4. Now, Toyota is just teasing me as they have an all-new, fully redesigned RAV4. It's gorgeous. A distinct exterior that pops and a refined interior which has everything you want and room to move. And the big news is the RAV4 now comes in a hybrid version. Remember, every new Toyota comes with Toyota Care, Two years of free maintenance. Test drive the new RAV4 today at Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. With your AM950 weather, I'm Sam Turnberg. Today is mostly cloudy with a high near 73, while tonight's mostly cloudy with a low around 51. Tomorrow sunny with a high near 76, Tuesday cloudy with a high near 74, and Wednesday partly sunny with a high near 67. The Eat Local Minnesota Restaurant of the Week is Burger Mose, Located in downtown St. Paul, Burger Mose is the perfect neighborhood gathering spot before or after XL Energy events. Come visit them at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul or more info at burgermose.com.
0: Welcome back, Pet Appreciators. Welcome back to the Pet Connection Show here on AM 950, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. Thanks again for spending Sunday morning with us, or at least part of it, I hope. Um, so I hope, again, you're having a, a great start to the to the uh, summer here. And uh, congratulations to, to everybody who's um, graduating from high school and graduating from college. Uh, we just want to, you know, give a little shout out to that. It's a very special time of the year, so congratulations on all your hard work there. Um, that's for sure, and, and good luck on uh, on the next journeys that you will be entering, um, for sure. You know, Pet Appreciators, I, I want to mention, too, um, we, we have been off, you know, I think most of May, you know, just to, for a variety of reasons, but mostly just busyness and, and taking time and, um, you know, just having a little break there. But usually we, we would be talking about our big event, the Urban Dogs big event, with— um. um Uh, with Petapalooza. And, you know, that's an event that we, we actually don't put on, but we sponsor and are pretty involved with. And so, you know, usually every year it's at the state fairgrounds, but this year it's someplace different. And so if you have a moment to jot that down and you, and you want to swing by and see both Dr. Nicole and I, that would be great. Um, Petapalooza is, is a great big, it's the biggest outdoor event for pets in the state of Minnesota. We've been sponsoring it now since its very beginning. So, And I don't know when that was. I have a terrible memory, but let's just say eight or nine years, you know, something like that. And um, it's just a, a fun event with, with lots of rescue groups there. Um, and you know vendors and activities and you know dock dogs of course, which I just love. And I love watching those dogs splash in the water and and some of them are just so into it. It's like they're they're it's like their own little mini Olympics. They're just so totally into it. Um, but anyways, it's a fun filled event. But um, we're going to be someplace different this year. Uh, I threw out the idea to the people who put this on intercom radio or intercom. I wish I could remember, but it used to be CB, CBS Radio and then whoever bought them out, Intercom, I believe it is. And, um, and you know, I threw it out to them. You know, what if we did it in St. Louis Park at Wolf Park um, because they have a – well, um, St. Louis Park does a, a wonderful event that same weekend called Parktacular, and everybody agreed that, yeah, let's try and do it together. It's such a big park. Um, we'll really be able to to meet everybody's needs no matter how their ages um, and, you know, have all kinds of activities. And so we're just pumped up and excited that uh, Petapalooza this year will be in St. Louis Park at Wolf Park and next to Parktacular. So they'll have part of the park and we'll have the other part. So Parktacular on one side, Petapalooza on the other, and of course everything joins and meshes together there with all the different walking paths. Um, We're just super excited about it. Um, And uh, uh, I just want to say that uh, Saturday, June 15th, that's the date, Dr. Nicole and her rescue group will be there. They'll be right next to our booth. Um, And uh, along with... Absolutely wonderful other rescues and uh, vendors, and, you know, I think Chuck and Don's is going to be there and blah, blah, blah. So uh, lots of fun things to do. But it's um, Saturday, June 15th, and, of course, we always have little – we have a a great big buffet spread, Um, and it's even going to be bigger this year, you know, for the dogs, a big treat buffet buffet. But we also, because it's Father's Day weekend, we also have cookies for the for all the dads, pet dads, and dads of kids, or, and or both. So um, we also want to just make sure that we honor and re- show our respect for uh, the relationships that men have with their their pets as well. But we we would love to have you come by and and swing by. Wolf Park is just a beautiful park in Saint Louis Park, right off Excelsior, and. Um, uh highway one hundred. So it's really super easy access. Parking is great. Um it should be just a, a ton of fun. We just have to hope for mostly mostly sunny skies. Anything but rain. <laughs> so um that's how it is with outdoor events, isn't it, pet appreciators. So but anyways, uh we're just really super pumped up about it and I'm really excited about the new space. Love the state fair too and who knows we might go back next year. Who knows, you know? Um but this is just really close to my building, and and um, uh, a little logistically a little uh, easier for us, and and again, Particular is such a wonderful event in Saint Louis Park that I think we can cover all bases uh, for. For everybody, so um, again, join us June fifteenth. It's from ten to six, so a little bit different. It'll start a tiny bit later and go a little bit longer, um, but that's the scoop. All right, so that's enough of that, and we hope to see you next uh, next Saturday there, pet appreciators. But anyways, uh, I'm so curious, Doctor Nicole, and you mentioned when when during the commercial break here at the beginning that you had some interesting cases in your, in your uh, rescue, Tough Start, T-U-F-F, Tough Start Rescue. And of course that's piqued my interest. And so I'm wondering, you know, if you have time to share a little bit.
1: Yes. Yes, we definitely have had, we've gotten our rear ends handed to us in the past couple of weeks, Kathy. Okay. <laughs> like usual. Um, but I guess the, the first one started, out looked with, um, you know, somebody had found this little orange kitten outside and um, he couldn't use his back legs or couldn't walk. And so, you know, they brought him in and sure enough, you know, he said, okay, well, we'll take him. And, um, and it was very strange. He actually started to have seizures. He was blind. Um, and it wasn't, you know, something where he couldn't use his back legs because they were broken or hurt. It was actually all stemming from his brain. I mean, he was ataxic, meaning he couldn't walk. Normally, he kind of looked like a little drunken sailor. Um, and so we ended up, you know, hospitalizing him at one of the local emergency clinics. And um, he had an MRI, and um, he had uh, his CSF cap, so his um, spinal fluid, just to see if there was something infectious. And nothing was found there, but there were some changes to his brain that showed, like, maybe something more chronic had been going on and maybe something kind of metabolic, so within his body. And so then he had an ultrasound, and they found a liver shunt. A liver shunt? In my... Yeah, liver shunt. And so what that is, is if you think about the liver, that that organ detoxifies all the blood that goes through the body. I mean, basically the blood that comes through from the stomach and the intestines, it's all detoxified by the liver. Well, he doesn't have that. His is actually being shunted around his liver. So, you know, all of the toxins that would normally be filtered through are just building up and they, they basically, they raise the levels of ammonia. They make them just kind of like coma. He was basically in like a little coma. And so um, they, you know, he was hospitalized and um, they have to do tons of medications. Um, He's home and he's with me being fostered and he's back to being a normal, crazy, wild little kitten, but he's on several medications, um, he's on a low-protein diet. All of the stuff that you know, trying to be as easy as possible on his little system, um, and and eventually he, we're going to talk about you know going ahead and having this shunt repaired. You know, where they'll kind of like ligate off the abnormal vessel um, and hope that you know the rest of everything starts to work normally and that, you know, blood will eventually go to his liver and, and be tox or detoxified, you know, as long as the liver is able to work well and things like that. So it's just been so crazy because in, you know, almost nine years of my profession I've never had a liver shunt case. Um and sure enough, you know, we get one in our rescue. So <laughs> um and he's just I mean, cuteness is not even you can't even describe how cute he is. He's like five months old, little orange tabby. Um, his name is Scout. He's very, very, very cute. Um, but he's been, you know, going with me back and forth to work, um, because he needs meds every six hours. Uh, but he's doing really well. So that was a really, really crazy. Um, And then I have another one. I don't know how far we are on time or if you have questions about that
0: one. Oh, I was so involved in it. It was like um, time? What time? (laughs) You were just silent. (laughs) I (laughs) was just like, wow, oh my God. And I thought Scout, what a perfect name for his life so far. (laughs) Little uh, guy on a little adventure there. Oh my God. But um, I clearly, I clearly was not expecting you to describe what that was because I
1: clearly
0: thought that a... Did you say a liver stunt? Shunt. Shunt.
1: H-U-N-T. Yep,
0: shunt. I clearly thought that a shunt was an object that you put... That gets put inside of a body. And so I, I was so oh. confused. You know, like... Yep. Because I always thought of shunt as a noun. You know, like it's a, it's a thing. So... <laughs> um I was yeah listening extra there but you know so the the medications obviously are doing great it sounds like surgery is a possibility and that's probably the ultimate goal and so you want to work with these blood vessels to to have the blood flow through the liver better in in yep. v- very elementary terms okay but what is the risk I mean, if the if the liver, if he's been around for five months now, probably won't have that surgery for until he's six or seven months or whatever. Like, is there any worry that the liver that hasn't been functioning normally would like go into shock because now it's required to do something, you know, really normal, but it's unnormal to it?
1: Right. So, and that's my biggest concern and I need to talk to all of the surgeons and just kind of get their opinion because there's a lot of research out there that says you know that a third of these animals or cats will do well with the surgery um some of them are fine on medical therapy their whole lives and so that's my other thought is okay you know i just we just want to do what's best for him um and and obviously it's very scary to think about because it is a risky it is a risk and right now he he's a pretty normal kitten, you know, so you just want to make sure that you're doing the right thing. Um, I don't know how he survived this long, especially, I I don't know where he came from, what his story is. You know, we posted him as lost or found, I should say, you know, if he was, if somebody had been missing him, I just have no clue how he survived as an outdoor cat like this. Um, But yeah, he's very much an unknown right now. And I feel very, unintelligent about everything because I've never had to deal with this. The the last time, I mean, we test for it all the time. You know, if an animal has an elevation in their liver values, we always recommend an ultrasound to check for a shunt Um, just because that's good medicine. I've never, ever, ever had one found, (laughs) you know, so it's very interesting. I only remember learning about it in school. So um, we definitely... Yeah, it's he's got a long road ahead of him, and we just want to make sure that we're making the right decision for him. So I'll be pestering a lot of surgeons for their advice.
0: <laughs> right, and, yeah, and do they, I mean, like the medical-only treatment, I'm sorry, medicine-only, um, does that, has there been studies that that is the best way to go with, or, or I guess what I'm saying is maybe the the studies have been done on cats that are more middle-aged or a little older, but have they been done on such a young kitten? You know that will they lose their effect as the kitten gets older, and then you've got the same problem again if you don't do surgery. You know, does the body right. just sort yeah, of so become immune different. to
1: it, so to speak? Or I know it's all very, it's all very confusing, yeah. <laughs> even to veterinarians. We're all just kind of like, okay, and, and you know, even the neurologist was like, wow, I, I've never seen a liver shunt and a kitten yet. <laughs> it's like, oh, great. Leave yeah. He's rescue, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, how, but how... he's a trooper, yeah.
0: Yes, and I love his name and how appropriate, you know, because you care so much, and I, I know all veterinarians do, you know, but it just, it seems so fitting that somebody's so extra committed, you know, even in your personal life, um, welcoming, welcoming these animals that are hard uh, into your home to foster until they're ready to go to a regular foster or be adopted. But... It seems very fitting that the kitty found his way to you, Dr. Nicole. Uh, Pet appreciators, I hope that you stay with us, and we have uh, uh, another segment here coming up after the commercial break.
5: On June 16th, say thanks, Dad, with the Park Tavern. From 11 until 2, it's the Father's Day Barbecue Buffet. St. Louis style ribs, barbecue chicken, grilled burgers with all the fixings, corn, watermelon, all the sides, and dessert too. Dad gets a free pint of beer and a t-shirt, and there's an hour free bowling with your reservation. 20.95 for adults, 14.95 for seniors, 10.95 for kids, and five and under are free. On Louisiana Avenue, north of Highway 7 in St. Louis Park, on June 16th, say I love you, Dad, with the Father's Day Barbecue Buffet at the Park Tavern.
3: I'm Richard R.J. Escal, and this week on The Zero Hour, we'll be discussing political corruption, Wall Street shenanigans, our corporate overlords, digital dystopia, and maybe throw in a surprise or two as well. All this and more on The Zero Hour, every Sunday night from 9 until midnight on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Homelessness. It's a problem in Carver County and every county in the United States. We need every kind of affordable housing, but especially for single young people who are trying to launch themselves. Shepherd of the Hill Church of Chaska is hosting a Tuesday dialogue, June 11th, about Launch Ministry, a successful program that is making affordable housing happen for the young people who are experiencing homelessness in Chaska. The speakers are Corey Magstedt, Executive Director, and Amanda Flowers-Peterson, Program Director. The city of Chaska has approved their plans for a 16-unit building of supportive housing. Come hear them talk about what that means and get answers to your questions. I'll be your host, Rev. Dean J. Seal. Again, that's Tuesday, June 11th at 7 p.m. Shepherd of the Hill Church of Chaska is at 145 Angler Road and Highway 41 with the Big Red Chair. Free coffee. Find us on Facebook or ChaskaChurch.org. Be there. Aloha.
0: For sticking with us, pet appreciators, you're listening to the Pet Connection Show here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and it's Kathy and Dr. Nicole here, um, your hosts uh, for the last segment of the show here today. Um, We're just talking about an interesting case that Dr. Nicole um, had got into into the rescue she's involved with, uh, Tough Start, T-U-F-F. I think they have a Facebook page, but not a website. Is that correct, Dr. Nicole? Oh, we have both. Oh well, never mind. Um, <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so yeah, but I am also curious here. Um, in the last, I don't know, seven and a half minutes here of the show, you did mention it was plural when you mentioned cases. You know, uh, of interesting cases that you got in the rescue. So we we heard about little Scout. We're going to be cheering for that little guy. Um, yeah, and we'll we'll just be educated as pet owners along the along with you and and the surgeons you know as you guys tackle this unique problem um but anyways what yeah. was there another one that you could um
1: uh share here you know or not yes yep um So same week, which is, you know, never a good thing. (laughs) Um, I
0: know. Oh, (laughs) never. Ever, ever a good
1: thing. (laughs) Oh, Um, there's so
0: many of us that can relate to that. We just feel for you. Oh, gosh.
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, And so I guess this gentleman comes in and um, he said that, you know, his cat was very injured. They heard her crying outside, you know, the night before and they heard a big scream. And she came in this morning and um you know, she was bleeding, and I looked in the carrier, and I could tell that she had broken her jaw and her jaw um, her jaw yeah, jaw yeah okay, very very awful and um just ten years old or so or a little bit younger, maybe I couldn't recall um and you know i said okay we'll 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 get our try to get her stabilized here and get her on some pain meds and, um, you know, get her all, you know, referred over for surgery or or whatnot. And, um, you know, of course, it it was a financial situation where they didn't have the means. And, you know, we went through so many different options um, with them, you know, payment plans, you know, places to apply for for help with finances, um, you know, places that offered payment plans, things like that. And, Ultimately, they had elected to euthanize the cat. Um, so, but they were happy to surrender her to our rescue. So we took her. Um, certainly, was not expecting that or needed that, <laughs> but she needed us. So um, her name is Cream Puff, and so <laughs> we had her surgery done. Um, you know, at one of the surgery facilities in the area here, Blue Pearl, and um, she had two two jaw fractures. So one on the bottom that had to be wired. And then she had a, a fracture in the back on her mandible. And so they actually needed to put some what are called dental bonding, like, um, splints. So she her mouth is kind of in a permanent, permanently fixed, kind of open, so she can get her tongue through and try to lap up food. Um, but she has to wear those, you know, from anywhere from like four to eight weeks, which is very heartbreaking. Um, and I have her here with me, too. Um back and forth, you know, to work. Um, and she's kind of broken my heart into millions of pieces because it's you can tell she wants to eat so badly, she really, really wants to eat, but she just is struggling with how to figure out how um because if you think about it, you try to swallow with your mouth open. It is incredibly difficult. Um, I've tried it <laughs> multiple times trying to trying to understand what she must be feeling and going through um, and you know, so that's been kind of a labor of love big time. And it's very, very messy. You know, there's a lot of drool and, you know, she's such a trooper. She's purring and nuzzling, you know, and just doesn't understand. And so I kind of went through the motions in my, in my mind thinking like, did I do the right thing? Did we do the right thing by her? I know this is only temporary, but how scary for her. She doesn't understand why she can't close her mouth or she can't chew or swallow or, well, she can swallow, but it takes a lot of work. Um, You know, so there's just, it's just been really, really intense. Um, and we thought about placing a feeding tube, but, you know, the specialist said that they generally will figure this out. Um, and I would prefer that she do that versus, you know, having to have another procedure and having to have a tube placed and all that. She She's just such a sweet little, like, six-pound little orange little puffball. She's real cute. She's really um, small. So that's kind Six of where pounder. we're at. She's little. Yep. Yeah. She's Ten little years old. Yeah, I think they said she's about 10. Um, she doesn't seem that old to me, but I know 10 is middle-aged for a cat. But, yeah, so she's kind of heavy on my on my heart. Every time I have to do treatments on her, I kind of feel just so bad. But And that's where I was starting off the radio show. It's probably why you couldn't hear me. I was sitting in one of our bathrooms because that's where she's at with her in my lap. And so I got up and moved. But she's such a little trooper, so we're rooting for her big time, too.
0: They give us a lot of courage and you know, reassurance, don't they? You know, just by watching them recover. It's like, you yeah. know, if they can get through that. We can get through what we're going through. You know what I mean? And they, yep. they're they're kind of surviving. I mean, they have their own, like, world or whatever and how they view it, but so much of the world is in some ways controlled by us. Um, and so yep. in good ways and, and sometimes bad ways. Dr. Nicole, though... um, and, and if this breaks confidentiality, then don't tell me. Um, but did the owners, like they said that they she, they heard her outside, right? Yep. Did they bring her in right away and, and then rushed off? Or, or was it just like, oh, she probably got into a fight with another cat. You know, she'll be back at the doorstep in the morning, same routine or whatever. What, I mean, what, how did she get hurt? Sure.
1: How do you break a jaw when well, you're I- by yourself? Yeah, I think she w- had to have been attacked by something, or she fell from a very tall like distance. Um, that's the general way that these these kitties break their jaws. Um, but I I think she had to have gotten attacked because even now today, like right prior to the show, I was cleaning her up a little bit, and there was this area on the other side of her jaw that had been a little bit swollen, but wasn't swollen the day that I that we got her. And so as I was cleaning it up more, you could tell she really liked it. It was really itchy and there were some little wounds there. So it just made me think that, you know, because if you think about abscesses and things like that, they take a few days to form and this did feel quite swollen. Um, And as I was cleaning it, it was kind of like there was an odor and it wasn't there before. And so I think it makes me feel like there had to have been some type of a bite because she had another little puncture wound by her, like up by her ear you know, so I think something got her. I'm not 100% sure what on earth it was, um, but it was so sad. It just, oh, it just continues to be sad. However, like you said, you know, they're just, they give us courage because I, I can't imagine what any of us would be like in this situation, you know, with our mouths fixed in an open position, working so hard to swallow, and yet she's purring, and she was trying to play a little bit with the syringes. Like, I just thought, they're just so amazing.
0: They are, yeah. And I'm just trying to think, how do you, the the animal, if it was an animal that attacked you, and of course we only have 50 seconds, must have just like was going through the throat because if they were going to kill, that's probably what what they were going Uh, through, but got the jaw. And then maybe there was some twisting to try and escape. I'm just trying to figure out what happened without the facts. (laughs) In other words, my imagination is working quite hard. Um, but anyway, pet appreciators, we look forward to updates. The next time Dr. Nicole is on, she's always on two Sundays um, during each month. So. Um, we look forward to that, as I'm sure we'll be very impressed with how these animals are doing. Don't forget about Petapalooza Pet Appreciators. Come see us at Wolf Park, St. Louis Park, part of Parktacular, um, right off Highway 100 Excelsior, next Saturday, June 15th, right? Yep, And um, and that's the scoop. So have a happy, great, exciting start to the week. Take care, everybody.